Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to today's podcast. It is Monday, August the 7th, 2023. Hope you had a great weekend as we start a new week. Uh, for a lot of folks, it was, uh, you know, back to school shopping. Getting those clothes, getting those school supplies getting all those things lined out for the first uh, week of school. I think actually here in Tampa, it was tax-free. This may have been tax-free weekend. Yeah, not sure, but yeah. So well, this is the first year for us, Christy and I, that we are not in all of that fray because we don't have a kid in the school system anymore. Yeah. It was JT's last day in the student ministry Sunday, so... Yeah, just a different day. Uh, he goes off in about a week and a half. So a week from Thursday, I think it is. So about a week and a half from today. But yeah, hope you guys are doing well, staying cool. So again, hot summer this summer, man. Another heat advisory today. Well, there was a heat advisory here yesterday. Uh, just a really, it's been a really hot summer. Yeah. So um, I, I don't remember it being this hot in a while. Uh, certainly since I've been in Florida, I don't remember this many heat advisories in one summer. It's uh, There's been, I don't even know, a dozen. It feels like a dozen heat advisories or more already. So, yeah. Well, got the walk-in this morning, though, so before the heat kicked in. Um, so, got that done. And uh, now let's dive into 2 Corinthians chapter 7. That's why we're here, y'all, to read the Word, see what the Lord has to say to us, to tend to our spiritual well-being. So thank you guys for being on. You guys are the best. Love you guys. Appreciate your your commitment to this community, for spreading the word about this community, and uh, your commitment to wanting to learn and grow. Uh, and that's exactly what we try to do together. Second Corinthians chapter 7, as we continue our journey through the New Testament, and so this year, and so now we find ourselves in Second Corinthians 7. So let's do it. You know what we do? We read, we pray. We change the world. Let's do it. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Hmm. It's, a, it's a, an appeal to holiness, right? Uh, since we have these promises, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit. So uh, things that would uh, make the body and the spirit impure and participating with the work of holiness or the work of sanctification that God is, has initiated and is actively involved with uh, in the life of the believer. So let's, uh, let's do that. Let's, uh, let's grow in holiness. Let's grow in grace. Let's... Uh, Let's look to eliminate those things that 
um, that contaminates the body and spirit. And remember, this is done not to earn salvation. We don't do these things to get saved. As a saved person, we say, hey, let's grow closer to Jesus. Let's grow in grace. He has accepted us. He has redeemed us. He has done everything necessary to purchase our salvation. We're in because of his grace and his mercy. By faith in him, we have been counted righteous. But in light of his great love and mercy, let's improve the relationship. <laughs> let's improve our walk with Jesus. Let's improve uh, who he's and, and, be, and draw closer to who he's created us to be. Verse 2, make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have exploited no one. So again, this is, again, Paul continuing to work on that relationship with the Corinthians. He's saying, hey, make room for, in your hearts for us. We, we are, you know, we're good people. We're your brothers. We, we're, not, we're, we're on your team, man. We're, we're for you. We're trying to help you. Um, so uh, make room. Uh, I love that worship song right now, Make Room. It's more about uh, making room for Jesus. But that, that verse reminded me of that. Make room for us in your hearts. You can almost hear uh, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit saying, make room for us in your hearts. Mm. Do you have room in your heart for Jesus today, for the Holy Spirit, for the presence of God? That's a beautiful worship song, by the way. And, uh, yeah, it got me thinking, you know, it was one of those kind of God-wink moments in worship yesterday. Obviously, our son will be moving out and into his... Uh, housing at UF, at his apartment. And uh, just thought of that, that song as we sang it, make, I Will Make Room For You. Um, and so it was the idea that like, it just struck me like, you know, that we're entering a different season of life. And so as our son, our youngest moves away, um, there's going to be room. There's going to be room in our time. There's going to be room in our schedule. There's going to be literally room in our home. <laughs> There's going to be uh, probably <laughs> there's certainly in the in the in the long long run maybe even in the short term um, there's going to be room in our finances and so I, I just thought of that song that was like okay I will make room for you Lord I'm going to make room for you in this this new space that we will have um, yeah so. And I hope it's an encouragement to you to think about how you can make room. <clears throat> I know sometimes there are seasons in our lives where the room for the Lord is pretty small because <laughs> we're so busy. We've got so many things going on, so many things grasping for our time and attention. But I want to encourage you to always make room, always make room for him and his presence. And so Paul here is talking on, on personal terms, right? He wants the Corinthians, like, you know, just make room in your heart for us. Accept us, you know, uh, think kindly uh, upon us. Um, I do not say this to condemn you. I have, said, I have said before that you have such a place in our hearts that we would live or die with you. I have spoken to you with great frankness. I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged in all our troubles. My joy knows no bounds. Verse 5, For when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest, but we were hard-pressed on every turn, conflicts on the outside, tears within. Mm. That's, uh, 
that's a, that's a, you're going through a tough season when that's, the, when that's the, your reality, right? We had no rest, couldn't sleep. We were hard-pressed at every turn. Every time we turned around, something was coming against us. We had conflicts on the outside, so likely interpersonal conflicts pe with people and different groups and tears, or is that fears? And fears within, fears, actually. I've marked up my Bible, and so I marked right over that um, that line. But both both uh, apply, right? Tears and fears. Remember that group, Tears for Fears. <laughs> but he was he's he's describing a, a sort of depression, a sort of uh, hardship. Couldn't sleep, no rest, hard pressed at every turn, conflicts with people on the outside, situations, fears on the inside, tears. Worry, but uh, verse six, but God, all right, but God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Uh, Paul sees that God's answer to their sadness, their depression, their difficulty, their uh, uh, trials, uh, the, the way in which God brought comfort to them in that lowly place was through a friend, Titus. I've said before, sometimes when you ask God for help, he'll send a friend. I want to encourage you, man, whenever you're stuck in life, whenever there's something, uh, you shouldn't have to wait till you're stuck, but that's just the way human reality. Whenever we get stuck financially, r relationally, emotionally, um, spiritually, whatever it is, spiritually, whatever it is, I want to encourage you, man, when you find yourself stuck and you're frustrated, look up, and nine times out of ten, God has sent a friend into your path or will be sending a friend, a person, into your path that can help you, that will help you walk through that journey. And they may be there only for that season as you walk through that difficulty until, until you get some clarity. But uh, look for your, uh, I like to call it, look for your Philip. Uh, looking back, thinking back to the book of Acts when the Ethiopian eunuch was leaving Jerusalem, reading the scriptures, had heard about Jesus, and he was trying to make reconciliation. He didn't understand what was going on. Like, he's heard about Jesus. He's reading the, the, the uh, passage from Isaiah in the Bible, but he, he can't put the pieces together, and God sends Philip to help him understand. He was stuck, and God sent Philip to help him get that breakthrough of understanding. Look for your Philip. Titus was, quote-unquote, Paul, Paul and his friends Philip. <laughs> and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you have given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. So Titus not only brought his own personal comfort to Paul and his companions, but also Titus brought the, uh, the goodwill of the Corinthians. And that meant a lot to Paul. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. So Paul wrote a letter to correct them, and it created some sorrow, right? Whenever you're corrected, it creates an, an area of sorrow. Like, oh, disappointment, sadness. There's a, a, a sorrow. And so Paul says, even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I don't regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Like I didn't, I, I regret that it hurt you. I did not, I do not regret that you, you, it caused you 
to have some sorrow <laughs> because, um, and he's going to go on and tell us why. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. Hmm. You know, sometimes a good little bit of godly sorrow is good. Sometimes a little sorrow is, is healthy. Um, to move us toward improvement and to, to move us towards correction. You know, when the doctor looks at your lab results and is like, yeah, you're, you're, you're eating and your lifestyle is, is not doing you any favors. You're going to need to make some adjustments. There's a sorrow about it. Oh, man. But that sorrow can lead to change. And same thing with spiritual things. When we find out that our lives are not living, that we can't save ourselves or we're not living in a way that's honoring to God, there's some sorrow to that. It hurts to be told, to be corrected. But as Paul said, um, if it leads to repentance, it's a good thing. Godly sorrow can lead to repentance, which is a really good thing. I think sometimes the... Um, I know people have had bad church experiences. I don't want to downplay that. But here's the thing. Like a lot of times, often, um, if you're teaching and preaching and trying to live out the Word of God, there are going to be things that come up against your lifestyle that cause or your behaviors or your attitudes that is going to make you uncomfortable. Yes, sorrowful. Like, oh, wow, why are they just picking on me? Why they... No, I'm picking on you. I'm not picking on you. Just sharing what the Word of God says so that you can become the best version of yourself, so that you can become all God that God, all that God sees in you. Just like a good coach. A coach is not going to tell you every, you know, just, just the things you're doing right. A good coach is also going to point out the, the areas where you're, you're not doing good enough. You need to improve. Areas that can take you to the next level. No good coach <laughs> only says positive things. No. You've got to correct. Now, you correct in love, and maybe you say more kind things than negative things, but at the end of the day, you've got to point out the negative. You've got to point out the, th the, the areas that, are, that, are, that need corrected. And sometimes the church gets this bad rap that, you know, well, I felt judged. Did you, or is that repentance? Or is that, or I mean, or is that should have been... Should that sense of judgment, should, should that actually have been a sense of godly sorrow? I'm just asking the question. Sometimes people go to the church like, I felt judged there. Okay, I, I know there's some judgmental churches. I don't, I don't deny that. But let me ask the question. In some of those cases, could it just be that that quote-unquote judgment you felt actually should have been godly sorrow? Instead of a, I felt judged that led to an arrogance, come on. It, maybe it should have been a godly sorrow that led to repentance. Hmm. I felt judged, yeah, and that led you to arrogance. And now you can look down on those people because they're judgmental. When in fact, in some cases, after the hearing the teaching of the word or presented with uh, some correction, it shouldn't have been, you shouldn't have felt a sense of judgment, maybe at first, but as you processed it with maturity, you realize, you know what? That's what Scripture teaches. That's the way I should be living. That's how, that's how I should have responded to that situation. And what, what should have been the result of that conversation is godly sorrow and repentance.
For you became sorrowful as God intended, so were not harmed in any way by us. Verse, here it is, 2 Corinthians 7.10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. So worldly sorrow, worldly guilt, that just brings death. That's, that just, that's condemnation, brings you down. But godly sorrow, there's a good sorrow and there's a bad sorrow. A sorrow that just leads to condemnation and guilt and shame and uh, arrogance is not good. That leads to death. But a, a sorrow that leads to repentance, that leads to life. Every one of us can look at an area of our lives where we've had improvement, and we have to, we, nine times out of ten, we can say, you know what, the reason I improved in that area is because somebody pointed out where I was falling short, or the Lord pointed out where I was falling short. And there was a bit of sorrow, but that sorrow led to repentance, a change of behavior, a change of lifestyle, a change in my decision-making, and it led to life. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you? What earnestness, what eagerness to, cl to uh, clear yourselves, what indignation, what al alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. See, that's repentance. Because they had godly sorrow through the correction of the apostles, look at all the fruit that is happening. At every point, you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. So even though I wrote to you, I, it was neither on account of the one who did the wrong nor account of on the, the injured party, but rather that before God you could see for yourselves how devoted to us you are. By all this, we are encouraged. So it's presumably an interpersonal uh, situation. And so Paul gave some instruction on dealing with that interpersonal situation. And he's saying, look at the result of that. There was justice that was brought out in that, that came to be in that situation. There was longing. There was concern. Um, there was a lot of good that came out of that. Yeah. In addition to our own encouragement, we are especially delighted to see how happy Titus was because his spirit has been refreshed by all of you. I had boasted to him about you, and you have not embarrassed me. But just as everything we said to you was true, so our boasting about you to Titus has proved to be true as well. And his affection for you is all the greater when he remembers that you were all obedient, receiving him with fear and trembling. I am glad I can be, I, I am glad I can have complete confidence in you. <clears throat> so Paul is commending them for um, the results of the godly sorrow that they experienced. He's like, I know it was hard. I know it was hard to hear it. It was hard to say it, right? If you ever have to give feedback to someone, like maybe you're a supervisor or manager or leader, and you have to give you have to give some maybe some difficult feedback to someone. Hey, it's never easy. It's not easy to hear it, and it's not easy to give it. <laughs> I never. <laughs> but you have to look at you first of all. Do it in love, and do it the best you can. But look at the result. And honestly, if we go back to the book of Proverbs with wise and foolish, that's the difference between a wise and a foolish person. A wise person hears correction and they make adjustments. A foolish person hears correction and they make excuses. All right? There it is. A wise person hears correction and makes corrections. A foolish person hears correction and makes excuses. That's the difference.
And Paul's like, I want to commend you, Corinthians. You you acted as wise persons because you heard correction and you you heard and you made corrections, and it has resulted in great fruit. Godly sorrow leads to repentance that brings about life. All right, you guys. Thanks for being on today. Hope this was an encouragement to you. Hope this was some there's some insight, some wisdom for you. Hey, let us all be those who hear correction and um and make the adjustments um, so that we can have a more abundant and fruitful life. And if we are those giving correction, help us to do it always with grace and uh, kindness. All right, you guys, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of the gospel. Thank you for the time that we heard the truth about you, the truth about our own sinfulness, and it was uncomfortable. It brought about sorrow, maybe even tears. But out of that, that we, 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 we repented, and you brought new life and redemption into our bodies. So we thank you for that. God, I pray for each, each and every one of my friends today. May you encourage them and strengthen them. May you bless them today. May you let them know how much you love them in some, some simple, subtle way. May they know that, you are, that they are seen and loved by you. We pray this all in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on today. Hope you have a fantastic Monday or whenever you're listening to this. Have a great day. Make it a great day. You guys are the best. Thank you for liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. That's how the word gets out. We don't have any paid advertisement or anything. It's just word of mouth. It's by you sharing it with other people. So thank you so much for sharing it on your social media feeds, on your stories, um, and uh, just sharing it with friends. You guys are the best. We'll be back at it tomorrow with 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Hope to see you then. Have a great day. God bless. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.